Listen, listen to this man. He got some good news for you. Hey, everybody. Gather near. The doctor's in the house. So lend him your ear. The things he can say might even make your day. He might even help your pain go away. The doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you. I'm sure he can tell you just what to do. The doctor is in the house. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Dr. Ron is in the house. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Ron, host of Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored. Now in our sixth season. Well, it says that uh, my connection is bad. Let's just check out here and see what it sounds like. So, ladies and gentlemen, um, today we're going to talk about allergies. Do allergies really exist? Or do just symptoms exist? This program contains general medical information. The medical information heard on this program is not advice and should not be treated as such. You are encouraged to confirm any information obtained from this program with other sources and review all information regarding any medical condition or treatment with your physician. And again, please accept my thanks over there at Feedspot for having selected our podcast as one of the top 50 doctor podcasts on the web. Check them out, ladies and gentlemen, at feedspot.com. And please remember, have an attitude of gratitude in these trying times and continue to use your logic and your imagination so that you can be the CEO of your own body and ask questions and get answers and don't let anything be done to it unless you are convinced it is the right thing. Ben Franklin said, we are all born ignorant, but one must work very hard to remain stupid. So we don't want you to be stupid. We want you to have all the information that you need to have a successful, healthy life. So on Saturday, we talked about a woman who contacted me because she has chronic rheumatoid arthritis. 
She went to her rheumatoid or, or, or physician, and she also has ulcerative colitis, and she needs a immune-altering drug called Umera. That physician, if he calls himself that, refused to give her her, her medication, insisting that she get injected, get injected, with an experimental emergency use authorization only drug. We had lots of responses to this, including other physicians, including physicians involved in medical associations. Their advice is the medical associations can won't, won't and cannot handle that complaint. It is a complaint that should be forwarded to the licensing bureau with a copy of the prescription that says, unless this patient gets the experimental shot, do not fill her prescription and then seek an attorney. If you go to my site on Rumble, Dr. Ron, one person there recommended that this person go to America's frontline doctors and there she will find attorneys who can take her case. Forcing children to get an experimental vaccine that has uh, all kinds of side effects. Okay, if you're listening, go to my Rumble site, Dr. Ron, and see uh, what the, one of the listeners recommended. I had a very prominent physician also, whose name cannot be mentioned because of politics, to go to the state board. And he felt that the Florida State Board would be very receptive to, to hearing what your complaint is. And every day, more complaints come out about this shot, this jab, which is not a vaccine because it doesn't prevent you from getting the virus. It doesn't prevent you from transmitting the virus. It's now herpes zoster may be another risk factor for this vaccination, quote unquote vaccinations. Millions of people are declining the second dose because of the severe reaction they're having. It's not a reaction that their body to the to the, to because their body's uh, accepting this vaccine. No, it's a it's a reaction because their body is trying to fight off the the toxins in this vaccine. And every day, more and more information is coming out, especially with Dr. Rand Paul's interview of Fauci that he lied and has been lying. And I guess they will get to the bottom of, of who's pulling his strings. Studies are coming out that show that masks do not slow the spread of the coronavirus. We've been saying that for one year. They decrease your oxygen concentration. They increase your CO2 concentration, which makes you more susceptible, which decreases your immunity even further.
And what have I been saying for one year, ladies and gentlemen? A strong immune system, a superior interior will help you fight this this disease. And was COVID really as bad as they made it out to be? Did they change the definition of COVID deaths? Yes. Did they overestimate COVID deaths? Yes. By a manipulation of the PCR test. And they were called out on this by the inventor of the PCR test, Gary Mulls. He did end up dead last year. You can't sanitize and mask your way to health, ladies and gentlemen. It's not an external job. It's an internal job. And that's why we'll talk a little bit today about allergies. Who's not sneezing anymore? And just like acid reflux is not caused by a lack of proton pump inhibitors. Heart disease is not caused by a lack of statin drugs. Osteoporosis is not caused by a lack of Fosamax. Cancer is not caused by a lack of chemo. And depression is not caused by a lack of Paxil. Neither are allergies caused by a lack of antihistamines. But before we get to all this, something else has popped up again, and uh, I just want to bring it to your attention. And it's about aspirin. You know, we talked about this innumerable, innumerable number of times. And, he, and when Dr. Jerry Smith was my co-host, he blew up this whole argument. But docs are still telling people to take baby aspirin every day. But even the lowest doses of aspirin can magnify your risk of a debilitating brain bleed. So you have to weigh with him. Do the benefits outweigh the risks? So if you're taking a low-dose aspirin as a primary prevention, even if you have no history of cardiovascular disease or stroke and have shown zero symptoms of heart disease, You should know that this habit can put you in the crosshairs for a type of brain bleed known as intracranial hemorrhage, ICH. It accounts for 18 to 13% of all strokes and it kills a striking number of folks. If you survive it, the lasting effects can ruin the rest of your life. You already know how aspirin can make your stomach bleed, so why not your brain too? In fact, in recent analysis, the risk of ICH, intracranial hemorrhage, was 40% higher in aspirin takers compared to those who took a placebo or nothing. That means for every 1,000 participants, there were an average of two extra cases. And it's supposed to be safe. At doses 
dosage is less than 100 milligrams a day, like the baby aspirin. But it turns out it may not be so safe. The greatest risk was found for subdural hemorrhage and or extradural hemorrhage. Both of which are usually a result of a severe head injury. Even if, even if you have never hit your head in a car accident or a fall, taking aspirin can clobber you from inside, making your brain bleed. The researchers behind this study or review call the magnitude of the adverse events modest. Well, if your brain is bleeding, I think I'm going to tell you that's serious. I don't think modest is, is a good good uh, adjective right there. But they do say the findings are clinically significant. Well, so what do they recommend? Well, this, this, these reviewers said ditch the aspirin, but they want you to go to blood pressure medicine and cholesterol-lowering stat, cholesterol statins. Have this conversation with your healthcare provider. Talk to your doc about a supplement routine that can support your heart and nervous system, like CoQ10, like essential fatty acids, like magnesium, like resveratrol. Have that discussion with your physician so that you don't incur a serious intracranial hemorrhage. All right, let's get on allergies uh, for various reasons today. Time is short. By the way, we are preparing and, and do have conferences set up with Dr. Wong to talk about the blood supply from vaccinated people and um, organs from vaccinated people that are that may, that will become available for organ transplants, and are they safe? Well, there's no data out yet, but we'll discuss it. From what we already know about the spike protein from the Salk Institute, that it is the spike protein that's being injected that is the Damaging agent, not the virus. It is the spike protein causing the clots and all the other things, the Alzheimer's disease, the strokes. It is the spike protein. Look, allergy symptoms exist, okay? But what are the what are the aller what it is it really an allergy? Is it just a reaction or a hypersensitivity? that produces all these symptoms that, uh, you know, we all go through. We, I, I went through them because I just came off a very stressful period. And it can produce, right, physical and emotional changes. But is it really due to the pollen? Is it due to what's ever in the air, the food? Or is it on the recipient? Because we're not in the best place in our health. 
So are our physicians and healthcare providers really treating us? Or are they just saying, well, you have a ragweed allergy, take, take A, B, C, D? What is being treated generally are the symptoms of the allergy, which are really your body's mechanism for fighting toxic inputs. For instance, if you have a fever, you may be using drugs to lower that fever when it is the fever itself which is fighting the infection. But are we still suffering the long-term consequences of this damage by letting it continue while suppressing the symptoms? So symptoms are being treated, that's my point, not the allergy at all. So allergies are, are actually a variety of symptoms which the human, which human, which people exhibit in our attempt to halt excessive toxic input. And these symptoms are nonspecific. You can have a sneeze or a cough from a lot of different etiologies. But what it really means is, is that your body can no longer store and handle the sum of all toxic inputs. So your body's saying, hey, enough is enough. Stop all this stuff coming into your body. Because we're going to have, we're going to throw symptoms at you. So really, allergies are a balance between what's coming into our body as far as toxins and what our nutritional status is, like a seesaw. Toxins, toxins on one end, nutrients on the other end. And when our nutrients go low, which could be, you know, too much stress, too much Wi-Fi, too much time on the on the computer, uh, poor diet, too much sugar, the toxins take over. And that's really, in my opinion, what an allergy is. And our body doesn't need these toxic substances. You know, alcohol, excessive coffee, sugar, cigarettes, most medications and drugs, pollutants, we've talked about the chemicals in our environment, the, the roundup in our environment, EMF, anger, hatred, depression, stress. So we have to keep a balance between our toxics, toxins and our nutrient and our nutrients in our body. And our, the toxins can come into our body through our GI tract, through our skin, through the air, right? I mean, there's lots of entrances. They can come in through Wi-Fi. They can come in by letting ourselves get injected with toxic materials. But believe it or not, these allergic reactions are a safety mechanism to, to protect our body against this toxic damage.
And when we become nutrient depleted and we don't, or through poor nutrition or our nourishment practices are decreased and we have too much of these toxins in us, in our body, we become allergic. And that's the response. It's nonspecific. And then we get, go to get treated. And what do we get treated with? Anything that can decrease the symptoms where we should be decreasing or eliminating toxic inputs and balancing all nutrient and nourishment intake. There are millions and millions of people this time of year experiencing allergy symptoms like allergic rhinitis, right? It's another term for hay fever, seasonal allergies, right? I think I've seen more people with allergies than ever before in my life. Of course, pollen counts uh, are really high and they've been going up, you know, year by year. In 2000, the pollen counts registered 8,455 grains per cc. They estimate by 2040, that number is to project it to over 20,000. So every flower, tree, weed releases pollen, but if we have a poor immune system, we're not we're going to react to this stuff. And you know, if you have a ragweed allergy, you're going to also probably react to cucumbers, melons, zucchini, sunflower seeds, bananas, and chamomile tea. So if you have a ragweed allergy, ladies and gents, avoid these foods. Okay, so ragweed suffers. Cucumbers, melons, zucchini, sunflower seeds, bananas, and chamomile tea. Really important. And we all know what the allergy symptoms are. Okay, congestion, post-nasal drip. You know, it can even affect our mood and our sleep, our skin. Feel congested. But although they, you, we, we say we're getting run down from the allergies, it's the exact reverse. We are getting the allergies because we are run down. Even John Hopkins says that allergies are actually disorders of the immune system. Now, they, they, they say it from a different aspect. They say your body overreacts to harmless substances. I say... It's your body reacting to toxic substances. And if your body system had a strong nutrient and strong superior interior, you would not react this way. 
And why would your would your immune system become weak? Well, you could have had a physical trauma. You could have just had surgery. You could have underlying illnesses. You may not be sleeping properly. You may have much too much Wi-Fi. You may be dehydrated. You may be undergoing stress that you cannot manage. Now, what typical drugs, antihistamines, corticosteroids, decongestants? Sure, they can let you feel better by treating the symptom. And they have side effects. And they're not for everybody. But maybe during the allergy season, you should be avoiding alcohol, caffeine, dairy, peanuts, sugar, artificial sweeteners. As I said before, melons and bananas and cucumbers and sunflower seeds. And wheat, a gluten-free diet, might be in order to try to control the splinter, the cause of the allergy, not just cover up the, the symptoms. You know, there's still lots of good foods you can enjoy, like honey, all the probiotic-rich foods, the kimchi, the pineapple, fresh vegetables, grass-fed meats, free-range poultry, wild-caught fish. So there's lots of things you can eat. But don't forget royal, raw local honey, ladies and gentlemen. This has been studied again and again, even by the Archives of Allergy and Immunology. Patients that consumed honey had significantly better control of their allergy symptoms than with conventional allergy medications. Why? Because local honey contains local pollen. It contains the stuff that's in your area. And a couple tablespoons a day can relieve itchy and watery eyes, congestion, and general symptoms without the side effect of taking a drug. We've talked about apple cider vinegar, how that's a great detoxer. That boosts your immune system, helps break up the mu mucus, helps everything to drain out. You know, try um, three times a day. Take a tablespoon uh, with some fresh lemon and honey and drink it. All natural ways. You know, I hope a lot of you are already taking quercetin, but a thousand milligrams of quercetin is a great antioxidant. Keep your interior superior with probiotics or sporebiotics. Don't forget zinc. Zinc is really important for controlling allergy symptoms. Don't forget your zymescence, which contains the systemic enzymes, including bromelain, which can break down these, these toxic products. You know, I, I, we have recommended vitamin A from day one during this pandemic or scamdemic, whatever you want to call it. Okay, don't forget your vitamin A. It boosts your immune system. And that way it fights inflammation. And it has some antihistamine properties too. Don't forget that. And don't forget other treatments like a neti pot so you can wash out those allergies. You may even want to put some nanoparticle colloidal silver in there. Use that once or twice a day. 
with filtered or distilled water. You can either buy a, a, a product to put in there that's a naturally balanced saline, or just, just put a touch of salt in with that colloidal silver. Stay hydrated. Shower before bedtime. Get all that pollen off your body to stop uh, triggering your immune system while your immune system is getting built up again. And believe it or not, although this time of year, you know, you get a nice breeze, you want to keep the doors open, the windows open, close those doors and let everything get filtered. And before I go today, just want to talk to you about the aspirin again. Excuse me. <coughs> you know, aspirin, which was originally uh, white willow bark, it was ex the aspirin was extracted from meadow sweet and willow bark centuries ago. But they made it into a patentable drug in the late 1800s, around 1900s, when they put, they made, they, they altered salicin, S-A-L-I-C-I-N, acetyl salicylic acid, huh? ASA. And it got approved, and billions of tablets have been sold. Uh, And a lot of foods that it occurs in naturally are not really similar. You know, broccoli, olives, breath mints, pistachios, mushrooms, coffee have nothing obvious in common. So you'll never trace a salicylate allergy to these foods. Yet they all contain salicylates. They all contain salicylates. So if you react to broccoli, olives, Coca-Cola, breath mints, pistachios, mushrooms, and coffee, you may be allergic to salicylate. So keep that in mind. You can find natural aspirin in a lot of foods, including apples, blueberries, broccoli, cucumbers, eggplant, kiwi, you can look this up. The list goes on and on. Raspberry, zucchini. So you probably can eat all these foods and not have a problem. But yet, people, yet you know when you take an aspirin tablet, you're, you have a reaction. It's because aspirin contains that acetyl molecule that made it patentable. That acetyl molecule turned a natural herb into a drug so it could be patentable and sold. And maybe with uh, some of these foods, though, you may want to consider them if you're experiencing tinnitus, ringing in your ear. Okay, People don't consider their diet. Their diet may have a part to play in that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is a brief introduction into allergies today. And remember, ships don't sink because of the water around them. They sink because of the water that gets inside of them. So please don't let what's happening around you today and every day get inside of you and weigh you down. So we have some good programs uh, planned for you. 
in in the near future with doc, Dr. Wong, Professor Peskin, and some representatives from the organ transplant industry. Please have a great day. Uh, hope to see you uh, definitely next Tuesday. We're going to have, because of the shortened program today, we will have another program on Thursday and one on Saturday to really more completely give you some information on allergies. Remember, we are on Alexa, Apple, Google, Stitcher, wherever, Podbean, and also on Rumble, and that's where we're getting some some feedback now. Rumble is is like YouTube, but uncensored. So thank you for listening. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time. Hey, everybody, got the rocks finished for the day. I hope you got some good wisdom for what the man had to say. If it's all about good health, it's the man you got to see. He has a lot more answers for you. So tune in next week when the doctor is in the house. Or when the doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you when the doctor is in the house. Doctor is in the house. Doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you. I'm sure he can tell you just what to do. The doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you. When the doctor is in the house So if you have a pain Call the doctor If you have a strain Call the doctor Let the doctor know what's bothering you When the doctor is in the house The doctor is in the house See you next week